Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome everybody to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Let's get right to it. Colorado really, I thought, made a huge statement last night. Now two games to none on the Edmonton Oilers. And I know the old stupid Jack, uh, was it uh, Pat Riley? I almost said Jack Riley. I don't know why. I went to school with a Jack Riley. Pat Riley, you know, series doesn't turn until a team loses a home game. It, that, that doesn't matter in hockey. Uh, the wild first game, things completely settled down. And Francois comes in in relief of Kemper, who's hurt, got hurt in game one. And it really didn't matter because Edmonton only had 24 shots on goal. They just never had the puck. And this is the Avalanche team that really looks like a team that can win the Cup. And, and you know, at times they don't, and that's what's so frustrating about them. And certainly in Game 1, you're looking at that saying, come on, give me a break. That's not Cup-worthy. But then you see the bounce back, 40 shots on goal, never didn't possess the puck, just completely you know, cruised to a win like this. And you say, well, that's the Colorado team that can totally win the Stanley Cup. And uh, you know, Edmonton survived that first period. They were scoreless, but then it just kind of all came apart in 15 seconds uh, as Lekkinen and Mason scored goals. And you know, breaking up McDavid... And Dreisaitl, I get it. You want to be a little bit more well-rounded, but when you take a look at the performance, none of the lines really gained any traction at all. I, I don't. I didn't love the Manson goal. Uh, that was probably one Smith wanted to have back. I didn't think it was deflected. I didn't think that he was screened. Can't let goals like that up. But at the end of the day, if you're only going to get 24 shots on goal and get shut out, then I, I really can't imagine that the goaltending really could be something you can point at in Game 2 and say, that's why Edmonton lost. So you can change goaltenders if you want, change the vibe. I would put McDavid and Dreisaitl back just because I think that's what works best for you offensively and be damned everything else. I mean, Edmonton's got to figure out some way to get back into the series. So forget about structure and all that. you just got to get a game. And the best way Edmonton can get a game is just outscore you. Is it sustainable? Is it something that can you know win you the cup or even win you this series? But you got to win a game. Because you go down 3 nothing, it's over. It's just a matter of time. So they go back to Edmonton tomorrow, put those guys back together, just, just sheer outscore Colorado if you can, find your, you know, worm your way back into the series and worry about game four when you get there. But the Kadri has just been an amazing player. Three assists uh, in uh, in the game. Has eight assists for the playoffs. He's got 14 points overall. He's been a plus eight. And he's kind of become a cult hero in Colorado. It's kind of like, well, he's our guy. You know, he's had his issues and stuff. But the thing that went down with Bennington in the second round against St. Louis is kind of like really galvanized him within that Denver sports community. And they just, they love him and he's responding and he's playing well. So the Avalanche right now, just two wins away from going to the Stanley Cup uh, final for the first time since they won their last cup uh, in 2001.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now we go to game two of Madison Square Garden tonight, Rangers and the Lightning. The talk from Tampa, and I get it, because you got to find some reason to feel like why you lost 6-2 to two and were dominated in the second and third period. And they're going to rely a lot on Rust not playing for nine days. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that's not a factor. Because even though I think it helps Tampa long term because they've got older players and have played a lot of games over the last three years, in the immediate, it could hurt you just because you can't match that intensity. Ray Ferraro said it during the Game 7 when the Rangers, and it was becoming a foregone conclusion, they were going to beat the Hurricanes in advance to take on Tampa in the conference final, that you can't replicate postseason play the advantage the Rangers have is they jump right back into the fire that they were already in where Tampa's got to you know jigger it back up again they haven't really felt the intensity since having to come back and win game six and seven against Toronto they wiped the floor with Florida they only allowed three goals in that series and then they get then they give up six in the very next game of the conference final so there is something to that but from the Rangers standpoint the Rangers beat them up pretty good. So, yeah, will Tampa play better? Absolutely. But does that mean Tampa playing better necessarily means that it will automatically beat the Rangers and take over the series? I'm not sure. Because the only thing, and it's a big only, so I only apply it implies that it's um, not a factor, but it is a big factor that they've won back-to-back cups, that they've won 10 straight playoff series. You've got to respect that. But in the now... I think this Ranger team is every bit as good as Tampa. And what you saw, the Rangers maybe taking advantage of a rusty Tampa team, but they beat him pillar to post. Do I expect the games to be closer? Absolutely. Do I expect Tampa to be heard from in this series? For sure. I mean, they just they, they consistently win game twos. I think they won seven straight game twos going into these playoffs from the last couple of years. So they don't blink by losing game one. Uh, they, they may not even blink losing tonight. Because they haven't, you know, even played a home game yet, so I don't think you know they want to hold. The Rangers want to hold serve. Tampa wants to get the split, but I'm not pronouncing this Tampa Bay team dead by any stretch. But I think people need to respect the Rangers and what they bring to the table. This is not a David and Goliath story. This is two really good, evenly matched teams going at it. And if you just live in the now and not think about the past, and I know that's hard to do, and you got to respect what Tampa is. Dave Maloney said it best uh, during the game on, um, on, on Wednesday. Tampa's a great team. The Rangers are a team that's playing great. And that's not a slight to the Rangers. It's just, hey, we know Tampa's been there, done that. They have the T-shirt. They don't have to prove anything to anybody. Where the Rangers still have to prove to people that this is no fluke. And every game that they win, especially at home, seven straight home wins, they're really beginning to prove that. And they may be gone beyond having to prove it to anybody but themselves at this point. But Tampa's going to be heard from. They're going to punch back how the Rangers handle that. That's why we have a series, and that's why it's going to be fun to follow. And I would expect everything to pretty much stay the same for these two teams moving forward. And maybe the best thing when you look at the Rangers 
is what they did to Vasilevsky. You know, gives up six goals on 34 shots. This guy was just unbelievable in the Florida series. And maybe the Panthers were Fugazi, and the President's Trophy winner usually struggles in the postseason, especially since the lockout. But they've got firepower, and it, and, and Vasilevsky didn't blink. And his numbers have been terrific in these playoffs. So I fully expect him to bounce back. But the Rangers really quieted that whole crowd of, well, the Rangers will only face backup goaltenders. Now they're facing a great goaltender. Well, they put up a six spot and took a one nothing series lead. So that's a big, big deal. Um, so it looks like everything's going to stay the same for both teams going in, at least uh, looking at the morning skates. No significant injuries. Still no Braden Point with a lower body injury. Not sure when he's going to be back. Neither team had uh, uh, had a morning skate because we're getting to the point now where why are you exerting any energy necessary that you can apply to the games at hand here? It's been a long run for all of these teams. The Rangers playing their 16th game here in these playoffs. So uh, everybody getting a rest, but at least the conversation around the campfire is nothing's really going to change. All right, let's hear from you at Don LeGrec. Hashtag game misconduct. Always the best way to be able to get in touch with me. Talk a little uh, Stanley Cup playoffs here. So let's dive into it and hear from Robert. He says, although they're playing the two-time defending champs, do you think the Rangers might find it to be a little easier to play against Tampa given they're more offensive-minded and have more space to skate compared to the last two series against the grinded-out teams? No question, especially Carolina. You know, Carolina is a good offensive team, not great, and they know how to clamp it down. There's going to be more room in this series. Panarin scored five on five in game one. The kid line exploded. There is going to be room. So it's not the whole matchups. That's why home ice doesn't necessarily matter as much in this series as it did in the previous one because you don't care about the last line change because I don't think either coach is really, at least at this stage of, of this series, too focused on matchups. Just go out there, mono a mono, my best against your best. Let's go at it. That might change as the series goes on. We'll see what happens tonight, but there's clearly more room to roam. And I think that works to the Rangers' advantage because I think the Rangers are a deeper offensive team, especially with point out for Tampa, and you certainly saw that in game one. I knew this was going to come up. Sammy Diaz says, assuming Sammy Blay is deemed healthy enough to play, do you think Gallant will find him some ice time? If so, who would he replace? It's so difficult to tell at this point. I mean, you're not going to break up any of the top nine. Okay, so now it just comes down to who you're removing from the fourth line. And and the more they win, Sam, the less chance there's going to be to put Sammy Blay in there because you don't like to make changes when the team is hot and the team's working. And I know that they've shifted things around in the top nine, but as far as benching anybody's concerned, I know um, Tyler Mott got a little banged up in game one. Um, I, I guess if he's struggling then maybe that could be a place to put Blay. But I, I, right now, I'm not messing with the top nine at all. And with Gaudreau back, he's centering the um, the fourth line. I mean, it's a nice problem to have, and, and we don't know what's going to happen injury-wise the rest of the way. But at least the early conversation is he's not that close, so it's probably not a conversation until we get a little bit later in the series. Uh, Donnell says, what up, Don? How do you uh, going since – what up, Don – how are you doing since the Rangers beat the Lightning on Wednesday night? Do you think they have a chance against the two-time Stanley Cup champs? And also the Avalanche beat the Oilers 4 nothing and up two games to none. You think Colorado will sweep Edmonton? I picked Colorado in five, so I'm going to stick with that. Although I think a sweep certainly can be on the table. 
And as far as the Rangers beating the Lightning, I, I had them winning the series in six, so I'm not going to get off that, especially the way they played game one. Uh, Courtney says, hi, Don. I started getting into the Rangers uh, in 2014's playoff run, so i s- still learning then. Does this current Ranger team remind you a little of the 2014 Kings team? Didn't the Kings go seven in almost every round and also would just never quit? Well, I think this team is a little bit more offensively talented than Los Angeles, but great in goal, great on the blue line, great coach. Though I think the similarities are certainly there. That Kings team was an eight seed, so they Rangers were much better in the regular season, but the Kings were hot as anything the last month of the regular season. So they were dangerous going in, and they got better as the playoffs went on. And that kind of reminds me of the Rangers, too. I think this Rangers team is much better going into tonight's game than they were starting the playoffs against Pittsburgh. Uh, they And they're certainly much better than when they were down 3-1 against Pittsburgh. It's like a different team. Those three straight wins against Pittsburgh, what they learned in that seven-game series against Carolina, and whatever they were able to muster in game one, they're a much different team. So that I agree with you, Courtney. That kind of reminds me a little of the Kings as well. Got better as the season went on and became a very, very dangerous team. It went on really a great run. Stanley Cup championship in 2012, uh, the conference final in 2013, Stanley Cup again in 2014. So um, the 14 team, when you, when you mentioned, I, I would probably compare the Rangers to the 2012 Kings team that came out of nowhere. By 2014, they were already established. Richard says, Don, how do you see the Rangers... Uh, second and third line centers skating out next year. Strom signs elsewhere. Cop stays. Has Heedle earned uh, a good look to be the second center position? Decisions will have to be made in advance of training camp. Well, listen, Richard, there's still a lot of fish to fry here, but you know, certainly um, I can't see them keeping both Cop and Strom. I think they will try. Heedle, I think, has definitely earned a chance for a little bit more playing time. Can they keep all of them intact? Very, very good question. That's something for Chris Drury is going to have to work out. This is why, and I keep talking about why they ended up losing Pablo Bushnevich because they knew that there were no way there was no way they were going to be able to pay him and be able to keep all the players. Cop, um, I think, is a tough guy to lose because he can play center and wing. Although the organization thinks he's better at wing than center, which then leads you to believe that they'll probably be more into keeping Strom than Cop. So we kind of lean. Uh, towards that. Joseph says, can the Rangers win this series? Vasilevsky looked uncomfortable in net in game one. Rangers took advantage. If the Rangers do win this series, who would you rather play? Well, yes, I think they can win the series. And as far as who would you rather play, you'd rather play Edmonton and Colorado, obviously. And the reason why you would is the exact reason why Colorado's up 2-0 on Edmonton. So, listen, if you could see any way to find the Oilers to win this series, then, yeah, that's who you'd rather face. But right now, based on the first two games and the the variety of ways in which Colorado won those two games, um, I, I find it very difficult to believe that Edmonton will be the matchup in the Stanley Cup final, but we are really, really a long way from that. Ryan says, Don, what is your prediction for this series and who besides Igor will be the Rangers' best player? Well, I've already told you they're going to win in six. As far as their best player is concerned, it's still Mika's a Banajad. And I know Kreider had more goals and Panarin had more points, but to me, the engine that makes the Rangers go is Mika's a Banajad. And, and that's the guy that has to get it done. 
Scott in Long Island says, do you think Edmonton should make a goaltending change? Smith has been up and down, not entirely his fault, but maybe it's also to shake up the team. You could. It's not going to make a difference. You know, I, I think Smith is a very streaky goaltender. Costigan is, is also very, very streaky. At this particular point, yeah, why not? But I, I really don't think it's going to make much of a difference. Maybe a lean towards Smith because he's been your guy. And as you said, he does have this tendency to all of a sudden get hot. So do you kind of... Do you kind of lean on that just to say, well, maybe maybe he finds it going back to Edmonton and gets on a streak and we find our way back into the series just based on him? That's probably the way that I would lean and go uh, if I were Edmonton. But I'm just not I'm not feeling it. Like I said, I picked Colorado in five, so I didn't give Edmonton much of a chance to begin with. We'll see what happens tomorrow when they're back at home. But I, I'm certainly not feeling it at all. Um Eight o'clock will be the start on Saturday on TNT, the Avalanche and the Oilers, and then the Rangers have the game tonight, which is eight o'clock on ESPN. And also, don't forget that the game three in Tampa on Sunday is going to be a three o'clock start, also on ESPN. So that's the only game of any of these series, at least up to this point, that is not going to be an 8 o'clock start, and that'll be the game on Sunday in Tampa. They haven't determined the start times for uh, the games later on, but I can't imagine that it'll be any different uh, than an 8 o'clock start. Um, I know they have a TBD for um, for the Wednesday Game 5 for the West Final, but everything else is going to be 8 o'clock. So I'm not really – I don't know exactly why they're TBD – for five, six, and seven for Colorado Edmonton, but uh, I still think that they'll probably stay at eight o'clock starts unless uh, you know TNT doesn't have anything else that I'm aware of. Their basketballs obviously shifted to ABC for their finals. Um, wanted to throw this out before we said goodbye, and we can probably gather your your tweets in for Monday, and we'll try to get back in touch with EJ. He was not available. Uh, for Memorial Day, and he wasn't available on Wednesday, so we'll, we'll we'll bring him in. Hopefully, his normal place on Monday, coming up uh, to ask him the question. But you know, doing the Michael K. Show here in New York, there seems to be a lot more attention on the Rangers than we saw in recent years when they made runs in fourteen when they went to the Cup final and fifteen when they went to the Conference final, and just an overall, in general, better vibe around the NHL this year than we've seen in years past, and. And I had asked the question on the K show, and I've got a variety of answers, and I'd love to get it from you at, at Don LeGreca, hashtag game misconduct, and we can talk about it on Monday and ask EJ about it on Monday, what some of the reasons why you think there's a better vibe. And, and my, my main one is, I think, just the return of hockey to ESPN has been big, and even TNT to a certain extent. No offense to NBC Sportsnet. They did a great job, a terrific job in, in the 15-plus years that they had it, but NBC Sportsnet wasn't necessarily a destination the way ESPN is, and even TNT to a certain extent for the job that they do with the NBA and with NASCAR, where I could see a sports fan, you know, flipping around and going to TNT, and certainly ESPN, which is an institution more so than NBC Sportsnet. So people might have been stumbling upon these games and really enjoying what they're seeing, where it was kind of in its obscurity on NBC Sportsnet. Some people have said, well, maybe because of COVID and we're kind of getting better. It doesn't feel like it with the number of positive tests, but at least we're not in the situation we were a couple of years ago. Could it be that? 
Could it be just the game seemed to be a lot more exciting? There's a lot more offense, different teams involved now than we've seen in recent years with Pittsburgh and early exit, Chicago not making the playoffs. You know, it's been a while since Edmonton has made a run. And certainly, you know, Toronto is really exciting to watch and, and, and see them play. And Calgary was a terrific team this year. So just like different teams involved. But I, I really think it comes down to the fact that uh, – You've got the network television packages with both ESPN and TNT. It's been more out there. It's been more, I think, in the mainstream of sports. Because we've talked about this a lot on Game Misconduct. Again, it had nothing to do with the job NBC did. But my fear when they left ESPN originally, pre-lockout, the last time ESPN and ABC were involved in hockey was during that Stanley Cup final between the Lightning and the Flames in 2004, and then it went to OLN and NBC after the lockout, that it really hurts the sport of hockey and the NHL in particular when you're literally the only league that is not involved with ESPN. Like, they involve with MLB, NBA, NFL, soccer, NASCAR. Like, there's so many things they're involved in, and... You're the only sport they don't pay any mind to. It almost feels like, well, now you're like not in the club and you're on the outer circle and now you're back in. And I think that probably has a lot more to do with it. But I'd love to be able to get your opinions, too, at Don LeCrecca. Hashtag game misconduct. So tonight, Madison Square Garden, 8 o'clock, Rangers and the Lightning on ESPN. Tomorrow, 8 o'clock, scene shifts to Edmonton for game three. And that'll be on TNT. And then Sunday, 3 o'clock will be game three between the Rangers and the Lightning. We'll be back with you on Monday to preview the week coming up as we get deeper into the conference final. Want to get in touch with me over the weekend? At Don LaGreca, hashtag game is conduct's the best way to do that. We will talk to you again on Monday. Hopefully we'll be engaged with EJ Raddick then. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.